Amen. As we continue on and looking in our study in the Philippians, the second chapter, uh, we continue to looking about having the right attitude and being of one mind, having this mind of Christ. Want to deal with the subject matter that when be, of when being right is wrong. I want to try to help somebody today that you don't always got to be right all the time. Hope to encourage someone today that you don't want to be wrong and be right. And so we ought to be careful not to be right at the wrong time. Sometimes uh, the saying goes how you want to keep it real. And Chappelle made it famous in his show about when keeping it real goes wrong. Sometimes we need to understand that it's better for us to let go than to hold on. Uh, tell your neighbor, it's all right to give up. When you give up, it helps you out to be a blessing and, and, and encourage someone else instead of trying to hold on to what you need to let go of. Uh, I, I was talking to an, an officer, and the officer shared with me how uh, it, it's better that if, if you have a gun and the cop pulls you over to let him know right away, I got a gun to take that charge. Hello, somebody. It, it's better to let go and try to hold on and lose your life. Hello, hello. Am I, am I helping somebody today? That it, it's better to go ahead and go, go to jail. And, and it says that he, he hasn't seen anybody full to serve the full maximum sentence for having a weapon charge. Even with pride, they're going to let you out and maybe in two years. Hello, somebody. He's saying, just go ahead, go ahead and just let them know. Let, let go, let go. You got every right. Just let it go. They catch you, they catch you. Take it. Sometimes we want to hold on and be wrong instead of just letting go, learn how to be right. There's a story we can learn from about friendship that teaches us about how friends teach and, and love one another and teach each other how to let go. Uh, a Greek story in the Greek myth uh, about two, two uh, friends, uh, Pythias and Pythias, and, and what happened is that they were, one is sentenced to death, one's condemned to death by Dionysus, a tyrant of Syracuse, and he asked, one asked to be granted, hey, may I get my affairs in order before you execute me, before you kill me? He says, no, I'm not going to let you go because you won't come back. So his friends say, hey, you know what, put me in his place and you can kill me in this place if he doesn't come back. He said, all right, fine then, that's your life. So his friend goes and takes his, th- his affairs in order and right at the time is the time of the execution, his friend shows up. The time, listen, both ghosts have never seen such friendship such as this. Because he could have been set free because the other one's going to die in his place. But he came back because of the friendship. He was, one friend was willing to let go of his right to die in the other friend's way. The other one says, I could have embraced this freedom, but I'll let go because it wouldn't be right to let my friend die in my place. Another story of friendship in keeping with black history can be found in Carter G. Woodson's book, History of Negro Church. The story reads this way, the paragraph from there goes, When in 1809, the Negroes organized the African Baptist Church in Philadelphia, it was placed under the oversight of Reverend Henry Cunningham and was directed for two years thereafter by John King. According to another record, there was at this time in uh, the South a slave named Burroughs who felt that he was called to preach. Many encouraged him to come north to beg money to, to buy his freedom. 
two of his friends, free persons of color, were so impressed with his worth and believed so implicitly in his word as his bond that they bound themselves in bondage for six months while he absented himself to solicit funds throughout the north. In a short time, this man of such an indomitable will and belief in himself and in the future raised the required sum of money which he effected his mansion mission and invited these loyal friends who were instrumental in his liberation to come to North Philadelphia to assist him in establishing a Baptist church. This was the first African Baptist Church of Philadelphia, which in 1809 became one of the substantial religious organizations of the city, having enjoyed the services of useful and influential preachers for of those long pastors covered the whole period of 100 years. But I want you to grab here, a man who was a slave had to become slaves so that he could get free. And they believed him in his word that if he is, says who he is, that he will come back and to set up. Do you understand? Two free people chose to become slaves because they saw something good in somebody else. Sometimes in our lives, we need to do, learn the same thing, like learn these stories about how I need to choose to let go to lift up somebody else when being right is wrong. Sometimes we want to be right and we end up hurting relationships. That's when it's wrong. When you have every right to say what you want to say and you end up hurting somebody instead of building them up and encouraging them to go for their dreams. In our text, we find that the son of God let go of his royalty, of his of his supreme high arc place of throne and, and, and glory to come into humility. We too need to learn how to surrender to God's will and let go of our own personal plan. And pursue the purpose and the will God has for our life. Look again with us in Philippians second chapter. The fifth verse says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Verse six goes, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Some translation says that he did not thought it was robbery. Or it was something that he could grasp or cling to what he already had with God. First in this text, I want to highlight to us, it shows the pre-existence of Jesus. Uh, you know, we are in Lent. And, and Lent is the time, the 40 days leading up to celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. We, we, we worship and bless him because he's not just a man, but because he is fully God and fully man. Jesus always was in existence before he stepped in human form. It says that though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. He existed, and, and another translation says that he was in the form of God, and basically, basically it means he was of the same essence, the same substance of God. If you've seen God, you've seen Jesus. That's why Jesus says that, in my Father's house is room with many mansions. I go to prepare a place, and later on it says that we don't know where you're going. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father, what? But. Through me, He's pointing out to us, letting us know that I and the Father are one, and I want you to be one. And the only way you can become one is you've got to come through the one. 
and I'm the only one. That's what Jesus wants us to know. And so he demonstrates to us an attitude of humility. Some of us, if we can grab that attitude that Christ has had, we will have better relationships in our lives. If you could get with your spouse and just say, you know what, honey, you're right, I'm wrong. More often, well, hello, somebody. I'm y'all quiet on me. Hey, I hit a nerve right there, brother. I hit a nerve right there. Like, if you could just say to your spouse, you know what, honey, you're right, and I am wrong. There's some liberation that comes from that. That you can let go and free yourself up to be wrong <laughs> so you can be right. You want to have a right relationship. You can hold on and say, I told you so. And as, you, as many of you know, you don't like to hear, I told you so yourself. So why you will go tell it to somebody else? Didn't I tell you it wasn't going to work? See, now look at that. Look at that. And so instead of building them up, you're tearing them down because you just want to be right. But that's wrong. Let go. Tell your neighbor, let go. Jesus behold the same glory of the Father. He is the great creator of his own creation, and he came down as his own creation. Jesus stepped down when he came to earth. It wasn't a step up. Think about how many of us always want to get that raise. Nobody looks to go down. You know, you know how, how to go saying, like, you, you start at the fast food restaurant, you go, if I start the french fries, I'm going to soon be the manager. Nobody starts as manager, so you know what, I want to work the french fries. No, that's beneath me. I'm going to get somebody else. To do that job. I'm not going to mop the floors. I'm not going to clean the windows. I I am the manager. But yet when you understand servanthood and how to serve humility, you have no shame And wiping and cleaning and helping out because you know it's all for the good. You understand that I can humble myself and serve because it's not about the title, but it's all about making sure the, the collective good is being done. Now, if I can encourage somebody to understand that sometimes we get caught up just want to be right in our positions and in our titles, we miss the whole purpose. And Jesus didn't stay high and mighty and says, who is man that I'm going to die for them? No, he loves us so much that he came humbly to be with us to show us the way. Knowing that Jesus is God and all-powerful and all-authority shows us that how one can have so much power, but yet can be so humble. Remember, Jesus says, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. That's why it's so amazing in the 13th Gospel of John, right, how he washes the feet. How the master of all becomes a servant all and washes the feet. It's shocking to us in the, knowing the wash of you, but it's even more shocking and alarming to the disciples because it was the lowest house slave that washed the feet of the people that came in. We weren't the top slave. It was the lowest slave. The lowest slave. Jesus humbled himself, became the lowest slave, and washed each and every one of their feet because he understands what it means to show humility. So as great as our God is, see how great his humility is. And so Jesus shows us how not to hold on. He thought it not robbery to hold on to his equality. Sometimes in our lives, we want to hold on to our right and stay right even though we're wrong. There's people that we know that we have broken relationships with because they say, I got a right to hold on to this grudge. I got a right to hold on to this unforgiveness. I got a right to hold on to this debt. So every time I say, I'll remind you, you owe me money. I'm going to remind you, remember how you let me down? 
I'm going to remind you. Remember how you did this, you did that. We will remind you because I got a right to hold on because you did this to me. And you're going to hold it on all the way to your grave. And you're going to have emptiness. You're going to have depression. You're going to have all kinds of frustrations because you're holding on to something you need to let go. Here it is. It's, it's, it's holding on to a womb that's infected and causing you to die, but you want to hold on to because you don't want to let go. And so now, not only do they say they're going to have to amputate it, but if they don't do it pretty soon, the whole life will be lost. You say, well, I'll lose my life. I'm going to hold on to this. That's what we are doing to things that are killing us and destroying relationships because we just don't want to let go. Think about how many times people have people come to your house or you have you go into somebody else's house. It was an intervention, right? Everybody's coming together trying to tell somebody, you know what, you need to change in order to help your life. We want to encourage you that you need to change your behavior. You have a bad habit that's going to cause trouble upon your life. We want to encourage you and support you. You know, we care for you. We love you. We're here to support you. We want to help you out. And, and oftentimes that same person hears everything where everybody's got to say, oh, they made up the mind. So either way, I'm going to do what I want to do. We want to hold on to being right, even though we're wrong. But Jesus shows us that it wasn't robbery. Notice that it says that he was equal with God. He was equal with God because he, he is God. And so he has every right, as every time you look at those texts and the stories, noting when they try to stone Jesus, he had every right he, that he could just blow and they could be gone. Doesn't think about that right. Y'all, y'all want to mess with me? Do y'all know who I am? He didn't have to flex his muscles. But how oftentimes many of us want to let somebody know who I am. We're going to drop that title on them. You do it because I'm the president. Do it because I'm this, I'm that. And we get caught up with title and position that we try to overwhelm with authority instead of try to come with love. Notice how God came. It says, for God so loved the world. See how we ought to move in love. We must learn to submit. And here it is that sometimes we don't want to submit because it looks like we're letting somebody get away with it. I got to prove my authority so you won't walk over me. Because I got to let you know who I am. Going to try to tell me what you're going to do. No, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. How oftentimes mothers and fathers have a relationship with a child, trying to tell the child what they're going to do. child going to look at their parent, going to tell I'm going to do what I want. No, you're not. I'm the mama. I'm the dad. You're going to do exactly what I told you to do. Look around, see the children's house. The parents don't get your advice. The children could be here, but they're going to forget come tomorrow. But y'all could do reverse psychology, man. Reverse psychology. You know, reverse psychology, basically, you let them think they're in control. But you let them know you're in control. For example, I was reading a story about a man. He got locked out of his house. The child stands at the front door laughing. And so he did reverse psychology. said, oh, you're in the house all by yourself. Child opened the door and let the daddy in. See, when you use reverse psychology, I go pick up my children, and they like to run around the daycare because it's freedom. Like, yeah, I'm going to make daddy chase me. They, say, they go around the corner and look. Say, I'm, I'm going to run as soon as he comes close. He's gonna t- I'm going to take off. I said, bye-bye. I'm going to leave you. Daddy going to go get french fries and burgers all by himself. Here they come. You see, I could use my authority. Come here. They're not saying come here. They're like, I'm not coming. <laughs> But when you love and care, you know how to communicate and surrender. Reminds me of the story. Some of you are familiar with the story about the two goats. The two goats. 
story of the two goats in summary basically the two goats are going on the same path high up in the water across the bridge and only one can pass at a time they both come and say you know what I'm bigger than you I'm better than you I'm stronger than you I can fight you and knock you off but then one says you know what we fight we both gonna fall so how about this how about I lay down let you walk over and then once you get past I can go to the other side see one was smart realizing that I'm not gonna lose my life fighting over something when I can just lay down and I can let go and let you walk over me. And you may think you're walking over me, but yet I am letting you go past. (laughs) I am surrendering, saying there's greater things here than me to fight for what I think is right. Sometimes in our lives when we need to lay down and to say, God, have your way and, and let me surrender my soul, my spirit to you and realize that sometimes I didn't let things go so that you can have your way in my life so I can reach my destination. Instead of fighting something, and you, as the saying goes, making a mountain out of a molehill, we must learn to see other success first over others. We, we, can't, we can't allow ourselves to become the priority that we get blind of what really matters. Jesus could have made himself the priority, but it said he did not think equality with God. It's something to cling to, it's something to grab to, something to hold on to. Instead, it said he let go. We need to let go to build up. Notice that when Christ let go, he let go to build up. We need to let go and build up. We we need to let go and encourage somebody else more than ourselves. Try to humble ourselves and not make it all about us. Ask people questions about what they're doing. Lift them up and encourage them how they did something well. Encourage them for that in the conversation. Ask them about their family and their friends and really take note of what they say. Don't try to forget about it. Have a genuine conversation. We know how we have those passing conversations. Of wonderful weather we're having. A family, how's the family doing? Okay, good, good. And then conversation ends, right? Because you really didn't care. You just said, I got to say something because I'm in your presence. So it'd be rude if I don't say anything. So I might say something. But when you care about somebody, you, you can have a genuine conversation. Think about your friends. You don't think about the tip. You don't ask your friend how's the weather when you see your friend. Think about that. When you get with your friend, that's not the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Oh, wonderful weather we're having, right? You get with your friend, you talk about your connection, whatever it might, that connection might be. How was your job? Was it a rough day today? Because I remember yesterday you told me you had a bad day, so I want to check with you, see how was it going. Or how did your classes go? Did that test go well? You are specific, you are general because you know what is going on in somebody's life. When we care about one another, we want to lift them up and encourage them. We want to and let them know that I care about what's going on in your life. I could make it all about me, but I want to lift you. It's, it's a funny thing that oftentimes when you visit the sick and shut-in, you go in there to help them out, right? You think you're doing them a favor, but instead they let you know that I, I'm, I'm good. Don't feel sad for me. They lift you up. They encourage you. They could make it all about themselves. You know, I've been in here 20 days now, and it's been a rough time, man. The doctors and nurses are still working on me. But oftentimes, you go in there to tell you, God is good. What's going on in your life? Family doing well? They want to have a conversation, see how you're doing. It's amazing when we can realize that, God, if it's all about you, I don't need to make it about me. You're going to take care of everything else. Too many times when we don't want to let go because we want to fight our battles. Do, Do you understand that if God has given us the victory, you don't have to fight. Uh, some of y'all didn't catch that. If God has already given you the victory, 
you don't have to fight. I got a few more people here with me. Do you know that if dinner has already been made, all you got to do is sit down and eat? Y'all still don't kiss the picture. Too many times we want to redo stuff that's already been done. So you going to say the steak's not done. I'm going to put it back in the oven. Now you got a dried up hard steak. Now you're going to claim the meal's not right. It was already done. You just think you can do it better. You made it worse. Hello, somebody. We need to let go and say, God, I can't do it better than you. Have your way. And, and here's a situation that we don't like, that when God has his way, there might be some situations you got to go through that you don't want to go through. You might get some scrapes. You might get some bruises. You might get some cuts. You might get some wounds. But yet, I want to encourage you to let you know that that's part of life. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I, I was promised I was going to have my best life. That I should never have any pain. I should never get sick. Oh, Lord have mercy. You need to read your Bible more. Uh, come here, Jacob. Anybody know Jacob? Uh, Jacob. Uh, Jacob had 12 sons. But, but Jacob was chosen by God to be a great nation. But, but Jacob thought he had it all put together. God had to wake him up. That he had to wrestle with an angel. And he was wrestling with his angel. He started, the angel found out that this boy got a little strength in him. And he said, you know what? Let me touch his hip. And we touched it. It dislocated his hip. The angel, the angel said, let me go. So I ain't going to let you go until you bless me. And then he blessed him and changed his name from the tricky one, deceiving one, to be Israel. And you know how he walked away from the situation? With a limp. He walked away leading Israel with a limp. You understand? He didn't walk away stronger. He walked away with a limp. But he was stronger in faith. You, you understand that you're going to go through some trials and some tribulations. But yet God has greatness on the other side. Come here, Moses. Y'all know Moses? Uh, remember Moses? He, he, he was raised uh, uh, by his family for a little few months. Pharaoh, Pharaoh tried to catch them all, so they had to put him in a basket. And he was found by, 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 by Pharaoh's uh, niece and was raised up in the house by his mom and dad. He's got to know a little bit of heritage and Egypt heritage. But then something happened. He started, saw a Jew being mistreated by a fellow Egyptian that he killed the Egyptian to help out the Jews. Thought he was good. He said, I helped out my boys. You know, they're my peoples. They're my peoples. He's back around his peoples another day. You know what happened? You won't kill us like these? It's all oh, snap. I thought we was friends. The text that he looked over and saw and thought nobody saw. Somebody heard something. Somebody knows something. He ran 40 days in the wilderness. I want you to understand, it's not fun being in the wilderness. He spent 40, he didn't know nobody, didn't know, and then he found somebody and fell in love and helping him out. And they say, no, he's 40 years, he's a sheep herder. Went from being living in the palace, having the best things in life, to being over there being a shepherd. Then one day he saw a burning bush. I went up and was on holy ground. And then God gave him the people to lead out of, of, of Egypt into the promise. But you know, the whole time Moses said, these stiff-necked people, <laughs> God, why you give me these people? It wasn't easy for Moses. 
He had some trials. He had some tribulations. But yet God blessed him to make it through. What I want to encourage you to understand that when you let God have his way, it may not go the way you want it to go. But trust God that he'll get you to where he wants you to be. And here's another thing about how you need to let go. Stop trying to change people. You can't change them. But you can change yourself. Control what you can control. Try to control your tongue. As soon as you got that under control, then try to change something else. Some of y'all didn't catch that. Because you, you, you think you got your tongue under control, but let me put you in a pressure situation. And some, some, some choice vocabulary will come out your mouth. You thought you didn't say anymore. Hello, somebody. Pastor Price was teaching this morning, talking to Sunday school about his dad, and I was saying the same thing about my father. I never now once heard my father curse. And my dad had every reason under the sun to curse because he had me. I guarantee every time he came home, something was broke, something wasn't working right, something act up at school. I know he, he showed no warning to curse his son out. But instead he loved on his son. Set an example for his son. My, my father looked at me and realized that I, one day I, I thought I was going to be the coolest kid in class because I was going to learn how to curse in a foreign language. Had every curse word I knew under, and I had the other words in another language. I was, I was trying to teach myself Japanese so I can curse out people. They wouldn't know I was cursing them out, right? My dad found my cheat sheet. I'm going to say, have you ever seen me talk like this? I'm thinking hard, trying to catch him. I'm going to catch him this time. I'm going to catch him. No. Now, why do you talk like this? Got a winner. I didn't lead this example. I didn't show you to live this way. So why are you choosing to go this way when I'm showing you this way? Woke me up. We need to look and see God is showing us I was humble. I submitted. I surrender. So why can't you have this same attitude Christ had? Though he was in the form of God, thought it not a robbery to hold on to equality with God. We need to let go and let God have his way in our lives. Stop trying to be right because I can be right. But say, Lord, I want you to know you are always right. I'm forever wrong. Have your way. Two wrongs do not make a right. So learn to be right through humility, not with force. Learn to speak softly and lovingly. Instead of having to use force to get your point across. Learn how to, in an argument, and we're going to have arguments, to not raise your voice, but to lower your voice. Choose to surrender and say, you're right, I'm wrong. Choose to not fight and let the decision be made. It's okay to let people walk over you like the two goats. When you're trying to get into your direction. Well, you know it's going to help them to get there where they need to be. Well, you know it's going to help you get to where you need to be. And you know it's going to help the relationship bring forth healing. Sometimes you're going to hear people say some stuff about you you don't want to hear. But it'll be good for your soul. It'll build you up. It'll encourage Because sometimes we don't know about ourselves. We got to listen to somebody else to hear about ourselves. My mama had to tell me, Sam, stop talking back. I'm not talking back. You just did it right there. No, I didn't. Some of y'all catching on. Had to listen to my mother hear her talk to me. Tell me, understand what it looked like. We need to listen. 
And then we learn to learn to be silent and let others speak first and last. Let me say that again. Let others speak first and last. Seek to add on to them and not take away from them. Verse 6, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He had every right to hold on to it, and he chose to let go. You have every right to hold on to how someone has hurt you, how someone has wronged you, how someone has done something against you. But also, God has called us to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Forgive those who have hurt you. Even love your enemies. I want to encourage you to point out to this that what your God calls you to do does not mean someone else will do it back to you. You don't do it for, for reciprocity. You don't do it for you to do it back. You do it because that's what God has called you to do. And the greatest payoff is what he will give you when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Or the payoff is when he say that you can now rest from all your labors. Hallelujah. You'll be able to know that it's going to be time in heaven before ever hello and never goodbye. You will know life and life eternity because of your confession in Jesus Christ. Realize, Lord, I will let you have thine own way. And so let go. So my prayer for us to understand that when being right is wrong is when I have every right to say how I feel, but I'm only hurting who I'm talking to. That's when right is wrong. So we want to be right and humble ourselves and build that person up so that together we can grow and that we can heal and that we can practice having the same attitude, the same mind that Christ has had. Let us